Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Alexa. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat. It's off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode Mondays through Fridays from 2 to 3 on WQEE. I hope everybody's having a great Tuesday. I have got a special guest that is coming on the show. He's on before me. It is Rod Peterson from the Rod Peterson Show. We've got so much to talk about, including the new college basketball rankings. I'm going to have my bracketology show and Super Bowl 58 between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I still can't believe the 49ers won that game. Let's go ahead and get right into the show. It's the Chiefs and 49ers in Super Bowl 8 being held at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, February the 11th. The 49ers are installed as a one and a half point favorite, but I expect that line to be moving throughout the week. As it is a rematch of Super Bowl 54, the San Francisco 49ers making their eighth Super Bowl appearance that is tied with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Denver Broncos, and the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs making their sixth Super Bowl appearance in franchise history and No team has had a dominant run like the Kansas City Chiefs have had four Super Bowls in the last five years. If they win this Super Bowl, they will become the first team to win back-to-back Super Bowls since the 2004-2005 New England Patriots. And you could officially say that they are the team of the 2020s, which they already are. But they are facing a San Francisco 49ers team that has not won a Super Bowl since the 1994 season. The 49ers had reached the Super Bowl in 2013 against the Baltimore Ravens. And then the 49ers reached the Super Bowl in 2020. We got all the festivities leading up to Super Bowl 58 to include Media Day, the Super Bowl experience. We're going to have the Pro Bowl games to include flag football and dodgeball. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I do remember a little bit when the Super Bowl was in Atlanta in 2019. I mean, the Super Bowl really wasn't that exciting. It was the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams. But for the next two weeks, I'm going to have shows that are featuring the Super Bowl. I'm going to talk about my... Super Bowl memories, my favorite Super Bowl commercials, and which performer I like the best at halftime. I still believe to this day you cannot beat 
Two years ago, SoFi Stadium, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, 50 Cent, Kendrick Lamar, that was probably the best Super Bowl halftime show to this date. Usher is performing at the halftime show this year. We've had some pretty good Super Bowl halftime shows, and we've also had some duds. And I'll get into all that in the next couple of weeks. All right, switching gears from the Super Bowl to college basketball. As every Tuesday, I have my bracketology show. This is a big day in college basketball in the city of Atlanta because Georgia Tech is hosting North Carolina. And then just across town, the Atlanta Hawks are hosting the Los Angeles Lakers at State Farm Arena. The new AP poll came out, and no surprise, the defending NCAA champion UConn Huskies are the number one team in the country, followed by Purdue, North Carolina, Houston. They got a big win over Kansas. Tennessee is number five. Wisconsin is number six. Duke, number seven. Kansas falls all the way down to number eight. Marquette and Kentucky. So here are my projected seeds. I'm going to go all the way to four, and then I'm going to have my first four in and last four out. Remember, the first four in, they are the teams that are going to be the number 10 seed. They're going to have the playing game in the first round of the NCAA tournament. The first four out will be your number one seeds in the NIT. All right, let's get ready. The number one seeds. No surprise with this list. Purdue, UConn, Houston, and North Carolina. I expect all four teams, if they just win out, win their conference tournament, they'll be number one seeds, followed by the number two seeds. Kansas, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Tennessee. Now, Tennessee... If they don't win the SEC, there's a possibility that an Auburn or Kentucky can sneak in. Right now, Alabama has the top record in the SEC. The number three seeds, Creighton, Marquette, Auburn, and Dayton. How about two Big East schools right there as number three seeds? Now, Auburn has fallen down to a number three seed. I actually project that they're going to be a number four seed because of the two losses this week to Alabama and Mississippi State. Yes, both were on the road, but still two losses in the SEC. My number four seeds, Kentucky, Baylor, Illinois, and Alabama. So you got four SEC teams that are fighting for top seeds in the NCAA tournament. All right, my first four in, Boise State, Texas, Providence, and TCU. And then my last four out, Gonzaga, Ole Miss, Kansas State, and Cincinnati. You heard it, folks. Gonzaga could be missing out on the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1998. Every run has to come to an end. Every dynasty must come to an end. Look at Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Look at Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. I believe that's about to happen to Mark Few and the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They might be missing out on the tournament this year. That's a real possibility. All right, don't forget that Thrip Aaron and I will be on the campus of Russell County tonight as it is Russell County Central 
The girls will start at 6 o'clock, followed by the boys at 7.30. You can catch both those games on Georgia-Alabama Sports Live. Wednesday, we're going to have our Georgia-Alabama Sports Live show with Bobby Z and Buckets. And then Thursday, it's CVCC Hoops. Friday, it's a doubleheader, Heritage and Pacelli and Shaw and Hardaway. And then on Saturday, we are calling the Southland Academy Calvary Christian game. You don't want to miss it. Right now, I want to talk about the one team left that is looking for a head coach in the NFL, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. Where are they going to go as far as hiring a coach? Remember, Mike Vrabel is still available. Bill Belichick is still available. Is time running out on Bill Belichick? Is he going to get a head coaching job? He already got denied by the Atlanta Falcons, but is his time run out? Is the Patriot way old-fashioned where these owners and these teams want to go into the offensive direction and for some reason, if Bill Belichick does not have all the pieces working, like if Josh McDaniels is not his offensive coordinator, Bill Belichick cannot be f- successful. you got to really put it on the fact that he didn't win without Tom Brady. But I cannot believe that the greatest NFL head coach of all time cannot get a job. It is mind-boggling. Here's some of the games that are happening around the Columbus area in high school basketball. The Brookstone Cougars hosting St. Mary's Academy. Columbus is hosting Doherty. Hardaway is on the road against Westover down in Albany. Harris County is on the road at Peachtree City taking on McIntosh. Rutland is taking on the Jordan Red Jackets. Kendrick is on the road taking on Northeast. Pacelli is on the road in Locust Grove taking on Strong Rock Christian. Spencer on the road taking on Southwest. Remember, both teams are undefeated in region play. Russell County is hosting the Central Red Devils. Remember, we're going to have that game on Georgia-Alabama Sports Live. Glenwood in the first round of the AISA region tournament. They are taking on Macon East. And Smith Station is hosting Booker T. Washington. Don't forget that the Glenwood Gators and Lady Gators are playing in the region tournament this week. And next week will be the AISA State Championship. Also, don't forget on Sunday, we are having our baseball media days. Yes, high school baseball is just around the corner. We're going to have 16 teams, including the defending state champion, Calvary Christian Knights, that has won five in a row. They have a new pitching coach, former Columbus Chattahoots pitcher, Brian Trepainer. You also have the Glenwood Gators, the defending AISA champions, led by Coach Fanning. The Central Red Devils, led by Coach Kehoe, that went all the way to the finals and lost to Vestivia Hills. The Columbus Blue Devils. Seems like they're in contention just about every year. The legendary coach Bobby Howard leading them to 12 state championships. Columbus led by Chad Mathis, their head baseball coach and athletic director who led Columbus to the Elite Eight last year. Northside, 
led by Coach Sparks, going to the second round of the baseball playoffs, Harris County. They made it to the second round of the baseball playoffs. Smith Station, they lost to Central in the Final Four. Shaw hosted a home playoff game for the first time in 10 years last year, led by Coach Shackelford, losing to LaGrange in the second round. Russell County has a brand new head coach, Coach Danielson. St. Apicelli, led by their head coach, Adam Thomas. And then you also have the Carver Tigers, led by their head coach, Michael Long Jr., you have the Hardaway Hawks, led by Coach Anthony. Kendrick is led by Coach Peak. The Jordan Red Jackets, led by Coach Lane. Uh, so many great teams. I cannot wait to do Baseball Media Day. And uh, we will be live streaming baseball here on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I love baseball, and um, I can't wait to live stream baseball. All right, I think it's about that time to go ahead and take a break. We're going to go pay some bills. And when we come back, I'm going to have the one, the only Rod Peterson, host of the Rod Peterson Show. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. We'll be right back. Yeah. Stick around. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high with Bishop Daniel Hardaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the Word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. And once again, welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. I am so excited to be here. Don't forget, you can catch an episode Mondays through Fridays 
on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, from 2 to 3. On the show, I've got somebody who's on from 12 to 2 on WQEE. So I guess you could say this is our official crossover show. I'm super excited to have Rod Peterson back on, host of The Rod Peterson Show. You can catch him Mondays through Fridays on WQEE from 12 to 2. Please welcome to the show, Rod Peterson. Rod, how you been? <laughs> really good, brother. As a happy New Year. If that's happy still New a Year. Thing, if that's still a thing. <laughs> and um, hey, my viewers and listeners loved, loved, loved when you were on. I feel like you and I got to get together more. Absolutely. I, I really had a blast being on your show. It's always great when you can come on my show. I love this crossover show that we're having. And you know, hearing you hearing you on WQEE and then my show's on afterwards. Uh, but we got a very busy next couple of weeks. We got the Super Bowl coming up. It's in Las Vegas. Uh, Super Bowl 58. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, we've seen this before. This is the rematch of Super Bowl 54. Uh, as a 49ers fan, I remember it very thoroughly. I, I feel like the 49ers are are out for revenge. Uh, I know the whole world is picking Patrick Mahomes and uh, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift is going to be there. I mean, besides all the hype, uh, what do you look forward to the most about Super Bowl? The, uh, the Super Bowl, the, the game itself, and all the events leading up to Super Bowl weekend? Well, well, that's a loaded question. It's a lot of things I'm looking forward to, Richard. I mean, we're going um two years ago i was there in los angeles doing our show didn't go to arizona last year can't remember why but now we're going to las vegas going to be doing the show there thursday friday here on wqe and then i'm hosting an event on sunday called sober bowl uh lee steinberg ryan leaf earl campbell and i are going to be part of a panel going to be a lot of sober sports and entertainment people there we're going to watch the game uh it's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great week leading up to the game, and then just the the hype that is the game itself. I mean, if you're going for the Niners, I got Brian Snow, my guys going for the Niners. It seems like everybody's going for the 49ers, man. And they opened as under uh, 49ers opened as favorites. Did you see that, Richard? Yeah, I think the line's gonna change. Uh, it actually started at two and a half, and then an hour later. It went all the way down to one. It looks like a lot of people are picking for the Kansas City Chiefs. And really, this underdog mentality, Patrick Mahomes, two road playoff wins as an underdog. And this Kansas City Chiefs team, if this team wins the Super Bowl, this will be probably the least talented Kansas City Chiefs team that Patrick Mahomes has had. But what he has done... You know, four Super Bowls out of the last five years is absolutely incredible. I don't think that anybody is off to the start, and that includes Tom Brady, as far as starting an NFL career. And Patrick Mahomes, let's say the Chiefs win it, Patrick Mahomes will have three Super Bowls, and he would be on pace to eclipse Tom Brady's record of seven. And it's still a long way to go. But I don't know if it's going to be that easy, Rod. I think that the 49ers right there, if you want to take these two best teams, the best team out of the AFC over the last six years and the best team out of the NFC are playing in the Super Bowl. This is not necessarily the matchup that 
the entire country wants. But it's going to be an exciting Super Bowl, and I think the 49ers are going to keep it close. What what do they want? I mean, I'm happy with anything, man. Any matchup I'd have been happy with. And to be honest, going into championship final weekend uh, of the final four, we talked about it a lot on our show, and I said San Francisco, I believe, was the most talented still alive of the final four. The most talented. And the football analysts on my show go, oh, no, no. They said, no, it's Baltimore. Baltimore's the best. How'd that turn out? So, right? So you talk about the 49ers being hungry. That will be their edge. That has to be their edge. But with the Chiefs appearing in uh, their fourth Super Bowl, um, there's a lot to do with having been there before. Brock Purdy has not been. I mean, if if we're going to sit here and talk about this much about quarterback play, you got to give the edge to Patrick Mahomes uh, and probably probably every regard. Like, I mean, all year long, for whatever reason, I watched more Chiefs games than just about any. And I didn't think they were the same team, Richard. I don't know about you from what we've become accustomed to. Yet they keep winning. They keep winning. Chris Jones blew up the line of scrimmage the other day. Uh, Lamar Jackson did not have a good game for the Ravens at quarterback. And I expect the 49ers can come play their best. It's going to be a hell of a football game. And when you talk about the trajectory of careers, I appreciate it. You're the second person to bring that up today about how Mahomes might have a better start for seven years than Brady. But they're different teams, different strategies, different coaches. Of course, you're going to compare them, but I don't think there is a comparison. Um, But I have a tough time not loving Patrick Mahomes because there's a lot of haters. Like even when he was being compared to Troy Aikman. Troy's my guy, Richard. Troy's my guy. And a couple of years ago, Aikman was like, don't even talk to me until he's at three Super Bowls. Well, he at that time, he had one. And in a couple of weeks' time, he could be at three. And just getting started. All right, Rod, let's talk about the 49ers. They make it to the NFC Championship three straight years. They finally get over the hump. Kyle Shanahan, in two weeks in a row, finally wins games where he is trailing by more than seven going into the fourth quarter. And they were down 24-7 to to the Detroit Lions in that first half. And I'll be honest with you, I thought it was over. The Lions physically dominated the 49ers in that first half. And it was with the ground game. They were averaging nine yards a carry. David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, and they couldn't stop them. Ben Johnson had the most excellent game plan in that first half. And I really didn't think the 49ers made adjustments. I just think, yeah, they they start the second half, they kick the field goal. The Lions, second half, they were still moving the football. And then probably the most crucial point of the game, the Lions are up 24 to 10. Their head coach, who has been aggressive all year, this is the Lions' identity, is to be aggressive, goes for it on fourth down when... If you kick the field goal to go up 27 to 10, now that's a three-score lead for the Lions. I think, Rod, that was the the biggest decision that completely flipped the momentum of that game. Well, I won't disagree. Uh, And we had a lot of fun talking about this on our show on Monday. So fourth and two from from the opposite, from the 49ers, 28. You know, let's put it this way. Was it a mistake? In retrospect, you would say yes. But let me ask you this, Richard. Do you think Dan Campbell would do it again? Because I think he would. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) Yes. 
So I, that's what they do. That's what they do. And his explanation afterwards was somewhat flimsy. What do you say? They wanted to keep the ball control. They wanted to keep the 49ers offense off the field. Uh, it blew up in their face. You know, football is the ultimate hindsight game. There's no two ways about that. Um, and there's, it was a big momentum swing, but I'm not going to hang the loss on that. 98% of people are, but I'm not. That was a complete second-half implosion. It's a 60-minute game, and the 49ers know that. And I feel like the Lions didn't know that. Well, if you're going to go for it, you needed to go for it to end the first half. You're up 21-7. to You're right at the goal line. Go for it then. Go up 28-7 to and really put the 49ers out of their misery. I still think that the 49ers were going to keep it close. I didn't think they were going to win even after after that halftime. I, I, it was... The Detroit Lions had a 91.5% chance to win. I was actually looking at the, the score projection. The San Francisco 49ers did what they had to do. That catch by Brandon Ayuk. Wow. I, I was completely stunned. And 49ers caught a lot of breaks. And, well, you know, yeah. they capitalized. That's where the score projections and analytics don't factor in god shots because that's what that was that was a miracle which do your listeners know that you're from san francisco that's that's the explanation as to why you're a 49ers fan do they know that because i know born and yeah born and raised in the san francisco bay area i've lived in georgia since 2006 i i I root for the falcons on the side because they are the local team in georgia but i've been a lifelong 49ers fan and a lot of falcons fans do not like the 49ers because of kyle shanahan and i have a lot of friends who are lions fans and i i tell you rod they are absolutely heartbroken this morning because the lions were they were going to the super bowl this was the closest that the detroit lions had to going to the super bowl I never thought that they were. Uh, they got a, you know, and which, by the way, p- people want to hang us on Dan Campbell. Did you see how many drops there were in the game by guys wearing white uniforms, Richard? Reynolds, well, on that fourth down, yeah, Amon St. Brown. You had that that uh, one in the flat that would have given the Lions big time yardage, and then the, yeah, the, you know, the Lions had to punt it back to the Forty Niners. The special teams blunder, not pinning it down at the one. It goes into the end zone for a touchback. The 49ers, because they were playing at home and they had that crowd behind them, the momentum in that game completely shifted. Even when the 49ers tied it, I felt, okay, the Lions, they go back to what they do best, and they were moving the football in the 49ers in that first half. I thought they were going to still do that, and they did, and they got into a situation where they're down 27-24. to At that moment, you kick the field goal to tie it up. You have to. You can't go for it there. I know that Dan Campbell wanted to be aggressive and try to maybe get a score and then force Brock Purdy to try to win it with a touchdown, eat up as much clock as possible. But right then and there, I thought that that was the ball game because the 49ers, with a 27-24 lead, just ran the ball with Christian McCaffrey. That third and four, Brock Purdy had incredible runs to pick up the first down and and that right there sealed the game and all the naysayers that said that Brock Purdy was a game manager well guess what he's playing in the Super Bowl and this is just incredible if you're a 49ers fan and really a great story for Brock Purdy well I think that 
if it was any other team but the 49ers, you were looking at it from a fan's lens. When you thought it was over when they were down 21-7 or 24-10, that's because you you love them so much. I don't care who wins. And I was like, this is a 60-minute game, and they've been there. And this is two weeks in a row that Brock Purdy has led comeback wins. So I don't think he cares what anybody says about him. You know, nobody's calling him Mr. Relevant anymore. Um, yeah, and I too. To sit here, it's just too early to sit here and talk about what we think is going to happen in the Super Bowl. I, it's the Chiefs' experience versus the 49ers' hunger and edge. You know, chip on their shoulder type thing. What's going to be stronger? That's that's what's going to decide it. But I don't know the answer to that. Well, one thing, the 49ers getting back here after going to the Super Bowl four years ago in Miami, and then they make it to the NFC Championship with Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Kyle Shanahan does a very unpopular, but the 49ers, they trade three number one draft picks to get Trey Lance because Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he was a good quarterback and he led the 49ers to the Super Bowl, he was always injury prone. You saw that in 2020 when the 49ers missed the playoffs, and they had just about everybody injured in 2020. 2021, they got lucky and they were able to make it to the NFC Championship because, you know, they beat the Cowboys and the Packers on the road, which they should have lost to Green Bay in the divisional round. I mean, that was just Talona Hufunga had that blocked punt in the end zone and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo marches them down and they kick the game-winning field goal. But they lose to the Rams, even though they had a double-digit lead. Jaquiski Tart drops that interception. Rams are in the Super Bowl. The 49ers feel, hey, we've got to make a move. And so they draft their quarterback of the future as, at the time, so it seemed, the number three overall pick, Trey Lance. And in his first game, so they still have Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance in, in 2022. And in his first game, you know, he, he was okay. I mean, he did pretty good. Jimmy Garoppolo was good in you know, the 49ers. They get back to the NFC Championship, but this is when Trey Lance gets hurt in the beginning of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. And then as a 49er fan, I'm thinking, I mean, I have no idea who this Brock Purdy guy is because he's their third-string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant. He's the last player picked in the draft, and he wins the game. And then when he took on Tom, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, he's throwing the football, and, and he is just aired it out and he looks like a good quarterback and you know he struggled a little bit in in the divisional round against the Dallas Cowboys but they they end up winning the game to face the Philadelphia Eagles and then just right in that first quarter Hassan Reddick with the pass rush blows out his UCL we had no idea that he had a UCL tear and it was a very unwatchable NFC Championship. The 49ers lost to the Eagles 31-7. to And and by the way, the Eagles played the Chiefs very tough in last year's Super Bowl. In fact, they had a double-digit lead. And so the biggest what-if, if Brock Purdy did not get hurt in that game, do the 49ers beat the Eagles and possibly beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Well, all those answers, all those questions have been answered. And I am just excited that Brock Purdy was able to overcome the odds, get the surgery on the UCL tear, and he is back and better than ever, breaking records for the 49ers, making the Pro Bowl, first Pro Bowl quarterback since Jeff Garcia in the early 2000s, breaking all those passing records, and Brock Purdy is in the Super Bowl, leading the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And it's not, 
you know, the defense is not the same defense as it was in 2019. I think this will be a different outcome. I think the 49ers have a lot more weapons on offense. Uh, who wins MVP, by the way? Who's your pick? Lamar Jackson. Yeah? Okay. He had a good regular season. Uh, despite what happened in the AFC Championship, I think that Lamar Jackson wins the MVP. Okay. Well, we'll see. I, I'm hoping to be at NFL Honors on the Thursday night. I have yet to hear back whether I'm going to be accepted to go or not. I'm hoping to. Um, but it's interesting you talk about Trey Lance going to my Dallas Cowboys now. Um, you know, we got Dak Prescott. You're going to be watching the Super Bowl on TV again. And, you know, there's been opportunities for Dak in the waning moments of pretty much every big game. He's had a chance to march the ball down the field and win, and he hasn't been able to do it. Brock Purdy, as I mentioned, has done it the last two. That's what you pay for. You know, um, you can have all those regular season gaudy stats, but it's I had a friend who played, his name wouldn't mean anything to you, but for my 20 years in the CFL, Matt Dominguez played for the Denver Broncos and Jets. And he goes, regular season makes all-stars, playoffs make legends. And Mahomes is already a legend. We've talked about that. This is Purdy's chance, man. Um, I would say with what we've talked about here, it's got me pretty hyped up for the Super Bowl. I don't think it would take much to get America hyped up for this game. What 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 do you think would be the matchup America would have been wanting of the 32 teams? Of the 32 teams? If I, I mean, what would be the dream matchup? Oh, Steelers and Cowboys. I mean, we've seen that Super Bowl at least three times. I mean, that's 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 the most two most popular teams in this country. I mean, everybody would want to see Steelers Cowboys or Patriots Cowboys. Uh, I, I think the Patriots have lost a little bit of their lackluster when Tom Brady left, and now Bill Belichick has left. Uh, but when you when you talk about popular teams in this country, the Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and right there the New England Patriots, and you got to throw in the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, there's a fan base out there that you know is my age, growing up with the 49ers, winning the five Super Bowls when I was a kid. All I remember was the 49ers winning Super Bowls. Uh, I remember when I was 10 years old, the 49ers went and beat the Cincinnati Bengals when Joe Montana found John Taylor in the end zone. And then the following year, under George Seifert, they went 14-2 and and they dominated everybody and they blew out the Denver Broncos 55-10 uh, to in the Super Bowl. And uh, you being a Dallas Cowboys fan, you know, the Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones era where they had Emmitt Smith, Troy Aikman, and, and Michael Irvin broke the heart of my 49ers in 1992 in that NFC Championship, and they did it again in 93. And so guess what the 49ers decided to do? They decided to go get Dion and Richard Dent and Gary Plummer and Ricky Jackson, and they, they just wanted to buy their championship because they had one goal and one goal of mine, and that was to beat the Dallas Cowboys. And wasn't that a great rivalry in the early 90s? Just to see the 49ers and the Cowboys going back and forth. I, I miss it. We kind of got a little bit of that in the last couple of years with the Cowboys playing the the 49ers in the playoffs. But uh, uh, those were some times. And uh, guess what? The 49ers making their eighth Super Bowl appearance ties the Dallas Cowboys for the most for the second most Super Bowl appearances. You know, you got the Denver Broncos and the Steelers, Cowboys and the 49ers all with eight Super Bowls, and then you know the Patriots lead the way with 11 Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well. Even when I see highlights of those Cowboys 49ers meetings, I get tingles. Uh, those were great times. That's when I became a Cowboys fan in 90, 91 era. 
when I said Troy's my guy, now you know why. Um, and I didn't want to be selfish by thinking a Cowboys Super Bowl would be what America wants. I didn't want to be presumptuous. You know, I, I saw, I heard a stat today, the economic brand spinoff of Taylor Swift's love affair with Travis Kelsey. Maybe you saw this today is worth $331 million. I actually heard it on ESPN wow. on the morning show. Like that's the economic impact of that, her, you know, and they just basically, they said, you know, there's going to be bets, Richard. How many times is Taylor Swift shown in a suite at Super Bowl? There'll be a bet on that. There'll be people watching that would have never watched the Super Bowl. Let's see. CBS is calling the game, right? Yeah. So if that's the case, they're going to show her every time Travis Kelsey either gets a touchdown or if there's a bad call that, that didn't go Kelsey's way, it's CBS. I've watched Chiefs games on CBS, and they – love Taylor Swift. That's all they want to cover is Taylor Swift. But I tell you what, Rod, the Taylor Swift effect is having an effect on non-sports fans because my two daughters who do not like sports are watching football with me because of Taylor Swift. That's what I'm talking about. So, I mean, when I say who does America want, I don't think the NFL is upset that this is the matchup. From a, It's good for business, as Tommy Cutlets would say. Good for business. All right. Well, we are two weeks away from the Super Bowl. We got plenty of time to preview the matchup. Like you mentioned, Rod, it's still early to talk about the matchup. But let's talk about the teams that didn't make it to the Super Bowl. I want to start with the Baltimore Ravens because there was a lot of hype this year. They were the overall number one seed. Uh, really, after demolishing the 49ers on Christmas, I thought that this Baltimore Ravens team was probably the best Ravens team that John Harbaugh has had, and that includes the team that went to the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco because their defense was lights out. When they acquired Roquan Smith, that defense changed. Kyle Hamilton, one of the best safeties. You even have a, a, a guy like Jadavian Clowney, who he's just resurrected his career in Baltimore. And, and overall, I mean, this is the first time that Lamar Jackson had the weapons he did with Zay Flowers, but they did not show up. They didn't show up in this game. And Zay Flowers cost them this game with the fumble. And then, you know, the, before the taunting penalty. And the Ravens had chances to get this game in where they could feel comfortable. They could probably win this game because they were playing at home. You know, I wasn't completely impressed with the Chiefs' offense. I, I was actually more impressed with the Chiefs' defense. They had a game plan for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, and, and they were shut out. I mean, Sneed with the punching out of the football. I mean, you make a play like that, and that could flip the momentum, and that's why the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl in another disappointing year for the Baltimore Ravens. Well, I've, um, I've enjoyed the analysis, but... The analysis is just talk. It's like what we're doing right now. All that matters is what goes on on the field, right? So you're right about Flowers' turnover affected the game. Lamar's end zone interception was a terrible throw. You don't see Patrick Mahomes make those throws. And let's not forget Lamar got the bag in the offseason. This was – they didn't pay him to be the MVP of the NFL. They paid him to win the Super Bowl, right, Rich, or be in the Super Bowl. So when you say they didn't show up, um, I don't know what the right answer is on this, but it's like, are they a great team that just ran into the wrong team in this Chiefs era? You know what I mean? Like, 
10 years ago, do they have a better chance of going to the Super Bowl, but they just ran into a better Chiefs team? I, I don't buy that. They were at home for a reason. You know? And and it was the defense shut out Kansas City in the second half. That's a, that is maybe the best defense in the NFL, and it's supposed to, it's supposed to win you championships. It was Lamar in the offense that cost him the game. I, I know people get upset about that. He's from here. And there's a lot of people that know him and they love him, but uh, so what? Nice guys run the Kinsman Club. Nice guys finish last. They, it was an opportunity missed. Rod, I 100% agree with you. Uh, let's talk about the Detroit Lions. Another op- opportunity miss. The Detroit Lions were playing in their first conference championship since 1992. I remember this team. They were taking on you know that Washington team that went on to win the Super Bowl. Probably one of the greatest teams in NFL history with Mark Ripken, Gary Clark, Art Monk, Ricky Sanders, Ernest Biner was on that team. And the Detroit Lions had Barry Sanders, Herman Moore, Eric Kramer. I mean, they were just an up-and-coming team. They they had no shot at winning that game. But this game, taking on the 49ers, punching them in the mouth in that first half, going up 24-7. And their head coach, Dan Campbell, you know, he had some encouraging words. I know Lions fans are devastated. And it is so hard to get to this point. I kind of feel like, yeah, they're, they're going to be a good team and they should be back. I don't know if they'll get back to here because, you know, you have teams like the Cowboys and the Eagles. And you also have the Green Bay Packers who are going to be really good next year. So it is really hard to get back to the pinnacle of the mountaintop when you reach the conference championship. I mean, this has just got to be a gut punch for Lions fans that they're not going to the Super Bowl. And I, I just, I'm happy that my team won, but I'm also heartbroken for Lions fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little like Bengals fans going to the Super Bowl after all those years, right? With Joe Burrow. And then this year he gets hurt and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think I think Detroit will be back, and here's why. I'm just a, I'm a defender and a fan of their coach, and I've you know heard what their players have said about Dan Campbell. He's been there, he's fought the trenches, battled himself as a player, and he doesn't ask the players to do anything that he hasn't done himself. The one thing I wonder is, did Jared Goff play above his head to get there? He's not a kid. Jared Goff's been around a while. You know what I mean? And he's, you know, he, even still, he can't do it alone. But I just think Dan Campbell is the new breed of coaching. Coaching, Richard, you are in sports every day. You know the importance of it. You need to love your coach. You need to believe in your coach. And I think Detroit does. There's an analyst here in, well, I'm not in Canada anymore, but there's a Canadian analyst, Davis Sanchez. He's on TSN. He played in the the league with uh, San Diego. I can't remember who else. But he said the Lions players will lose faith in Dan Campbell because of those fourth down gambles lost. And I don't believe that. Do you? No, not for a second. No, me either. I do believe that Ben Johnson, who this is the reason why he's going to be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders, is because he was an offensive genius. And his play calling in that first half against the 49ers. The 49ers, who have a very good defense with very good linebackers, Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, their defensive line with Chase Young and Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. I mean, they have 
Pro Bowl talent in the entire defensive roster, and they had no answer for the Detroit Lions in that first half. I mean, it was very hard to watch, and I was thinking to myself, how are the Lions, how are the 49ers going to stop them? And I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be able to get in a shootout with Jared Goff. Uh, well, hey, I think we could agree, as guys that have been around football a long time, the Lions stopped themselves. You talk about how heartbreaking it is uh, with the coaching decisions by Campbell, the drops that we talked about, and their inability to stop the 49ers on defense in the second half. San Francisco owned that second half. So you talk about them losing Ben Johnson, they may. The Chiefs lost Eric Bieniemy, and that was supposed to slow them down. It didn't. So I, I, I think the Lions will be fine. There's, there's, As a Cowboys fan, there's no reason to think, Richard, they're going to be a threat. In case you missed it, Mike McCarthy is coming back. So I think the Lions have as good a shot as anybody to be back next year. I really do. Rod, let's switch gears, then we'll close it. Uh, there, are, There's one more coaching vacancy left, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. I feel that Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick are being shut out of coaching jobs. Uh, there, I was listening to Sports Talk Radio, and there's people that are just hesitant about hiring Bill Belichick. That's one of the reasons why the Falcons went in the direction of getting Raheem Morris and not Bill Belichick, because... Belichick wants to have personnel control, and in this day and age, and you know, with football in the way it is, the Patriot way is just not what people are looking for in a coach. I think Belichick's success was because he had Tom Brady, he had Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator, he had Dante Skarniecki as an offensive line coach. I mean, the Patriot way worked because... You had probably the one quarterback that had the most and the toughest work ethic of any quarterback in the history of the game. I mean, nobody worked harder than Tom Brady. And you also have Bill Belichick, and it was a perfect marriage. But it's just not working out in today's game. And I, that's why I think that Bill Belichick, I mean, he could get the Seattle job, but then Seattle would go from a defensive coach like Pete Carroll going to Bill Belichick, and I don't think that the GM is going to want to have Belichick you know, making personnel decisions. I mean, if you look at, he whiffed on Mac Jones. He doesn't draft uh, skill positions very well. I, I just don't know if Bill Belichick is going to get a head coaching job. I mean, it's it's just the way it is in 2024. I don't, I don't think he's going to now. Um, and I'm like you. you what a, we just go by what we hear. I just love what the Patriot way was what it was. They've made movies about it. It was amazing. But to think that Bill Belichick could pick it up and go do it somewhere else is a misnomer. Let's remember that goes back 20 plus years. He's 71 now, Rich. So he's not going to coach the next 20 years anywhere. And I love if this is true, and I believe that it is, that Belichick sat down with the owner uh, in Atlanta and it was Arthur Blank and said, I want it to be just you and me. We don't need a president. We don't need a GM. This is the way it worked in New England. Just me and Robert. This is what I want. And the Falcons didn't like that. <laughs> Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot, right? And I'm like, hey, why wouldn't Bill ask for it? It's similar to 
Harbaugh with the Chargers. If what we hear is correct, he kept asking for more and more and more control and the structure that he wanted. And every time they said no, he threatened to go back to Michigan until he got what he wanted. So Vrabel's a different case. And he's a younger guy. Now, he can afford to sit out a year or two. I would like to think Mike Vrabel can be selected with his next job. Um, I would have thought that would have been a perfect fit in New England, wouldn't you, Vrabel? Oh, absolutely. Uh, But I do think there might be some head coaching positions that are going to be opening up next year if these teams don't make the playoffs. The Chicago Bears, the New York Jets... Possibly the New York Giants, although I'm a fan of Brian Dable. But I think, look, the Eagles, Nick Sirianni's on the hot seat. They went and got Kellen Moore from the Chargers, and they got Vic Fangio. When you have to replace both your coordinators, you're on the hot seat. And Nick Sirianni's going to have to win you know, next year. I mean, not just a playoff game. The Eagles have to be Super Bowl contenders next year. Otherwise, I think Nick Sirianni's out of a job. I'm shocked he kept his job this year. I'm shocked. Yeah, so am I. You know, and I felt bad because we had people writing into the show asking if I thought he's going to be fired. I'm like, yeah, he deserves to be fired. But I forgot how football works. Throw some, throw, throw your assistants and then your coordinators in front of the bullet. And that's what Suriani did. Um, but to be honest, you mentioned the Seahawks. As we sit here today, I have absolutely no idea who's going to be their next head coach. I thought maybe they would try to get Dan Quinn, but that would – the Dallas defense would end up suffering. I think that's that's what's keeping Dallas has got a great defense, mainly because of Dan Quinn. I mean, they also have very special players. But, you know, Dan Quinn is deserving of a head coaching position. I do think he should get a shot. I I kind of feel like Atlanta ran him off a little too soon. I mean, you a lot of, the, a lot of that stuff was just unfortunate. I mean, 2020 was a crazy year. It was a COVID year. The Falcons lost games where they had a 99.9% chance of winning. I mean, I talk about to your Dallas Cowboys, uh, that 40-39 to 39 loss. I'm thinking of that loss against the Chicago Bears when the Bears put in Nick Foles. Uh, and yeah. Dan, the writing was written on the wall. Dan Quinn lost his job after starting the year 0-5. And to be honest with you, the Falcons should have let Raheem Morris just have the full-time gig. I mean, we're we're back to square one. The, the three years later, the Arthur Smith experience didn't work out, and the Falcons went and hired Raheem Morris, and they should have just hired him in the first place. Well, I think it's funny. Um, they're talking about, you know, whoever the Falcons were going to end up with or any coach wants a quarterback. And I'm like, the Falcons don't have one. Last I checked. Right? Nope, it's a, they don't. It's it's been a revolving door and a carousel of quarterbacks in Atlanta. I feel. Rod, I think we lost you. Um, I can hear you. That... Did I lose you? I'll go back to where the Wi-Fi is. Oh, no, no. Just go ahead and pick up your train of thought from, from where uh, where you started. The Atlanta no, doesn't. I'm not sure they're any further ahead with what they've done, but at least Raheem's known in the building. Yeah, and he is also a good coach of player development. All right. Well, uh, Rod, I, I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, looking forward to the Super Bowl and, and have a safe trip down there. I know you're going to be excited being a part of Radio Row and being in Vegas for the Super Bowl. And so uh, wish you the best of luck and uh, enjoy your show and just keep up the good work. I, I enjoyed just hearing you right before my show comes on on WQEE. Before I let you get out of here, tell everybody how they can listen to you. 
and uh, how they can subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, if you're on social media as well. WQEE, obviously, 99.1 FM, your southern home of sports and talk, the key. Um, RodPeterson.com for uh, our, my daily commentary, that kind of thing. Look me up on social media like you have. There's a lot of ways to find us, and we're on YouTube under the Rod Peterson Show. So if you can't listen live, you can always catch us there. Thanks, Rich. It's an honor to warm up for you, the headliner, the sports beat with Richard Holdridge. <laughs> Absolutely. That is Rod Peterson, host of the Rod Peterson Show. You can catch him on WQEE right on before me. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge and watching us on Facebook Live. Have a great rest of your night, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet! Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans. It's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy. Because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Mm, Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. 
This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Christman. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Christman. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Home of Southern Sports and Talk. Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times best-selling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Calvary Sonoy Fellowship is an expository Bible teaching church where we study the Word of God line by line and we apply it life by life. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on WQEE and we look forward to having you join us. Our church offices are located in Sonoy, Georgia, 6855 Highway 16, Suite 102, Sonoy, Georgia. If you'd like to call us, our number is 770-755. 8243. Or you can reach me, I'm Pastor Bob, at bob at calvarysenoy.org, S-E-N-O-I-A. You also can go to our website at www.calvarysenoy.org. You can reach our YouTube channel there, as well as our Facebook page. Join us at 10 o'clock right here on WQEE. You've been listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode daily on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. This is a podcast that covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you would like to catch a replay of the show, you can download an episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.